Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. Hey everyone, how are we going today? Going good, good to be with you. Please give me those big eyes as I'm preaching today. Stay with me. Uh, last week I mentioned that you could put some emojis on them or maybe hold up some you know, cards. I'm not so sure we want to chase the card thought down any further, but you know, stay with me today and it's great that we can worship the Lord. It's great that we could be singing today as well. So uh, yeah, we are really grateful uh, for that. Shout out to Anne Blackaby. If you know Anne, she's such a beautiful part of our church family and she uh, you know, so um, wonderfully articulated there uh, what it means to be uh, at God's table and to take your seat. Who watched the Olympics last night? Hands up, got exciting. In the Stevens household, we had multi-screens going. We even stayed with the football for a while because, well, gee, we overachieved there. Uh, so it was so fascinating, wasn't it? Boomers on one screen, high jump on the other screen, just looking vaguely at the football until, you know, we got run over at the end. But it was just amazing. Remember last week I said, you know, you've just got to hitch your wagon to an athlete that you don't really know, to a sport that you don't really understand and cheer for gold? Who was there last night? High jump. It was amazing. Who was cheering for the high jump? Yeah. Who understands all the rules of the high jump? Oh, well, well done. Yeah, there's one of us here. There's a couple. All right, good. I just found myself cheering and uh, going for Nicola McDermott. I don't know if you watched her interview afterwards. It might have been after your bedtime, but it was amazing. Nicola McDermott shared her story. Now, we know um, she's a person of faith. I've seen her interviewed uh, many times, and she's really overt about her faith in Jesus. But then last night, she shared uh, around um, the fact that she has a real uh, desire. She, goes, she said, oh, I just want the stadiums to be full again with people. But more than that, for athletes, I want it to be full for revival. And I want it to be full for uh, times where people can share about Jesus like Billy Graham did all those years ago. And uh, then uh, the interviewer asked her, tell us more about your faith. And she spoke about this moment. She said, in 2017, I just gave it all over to God. I had a moment and said, God, it's all yours. And I'll jump as high as you want me to for as long as you want me to. But I'm not going to worry anymore. I'm going to give you it all. And then let's see how it goes. And she's gone from, you know, Commonwealth bronze medal to an Olympic silver medal in three years. Incredible story. And just a, a wonderful opportunity with the, the platform that she was given, which quite frankly was global and billions of people, uh, and her story. She knew exactly what she wanted to say, didn't she? And she waited for that opportunity. And, uh, and what a blessing that that is uh, to many. So yeah, I just want to give her a shout out for just living her faith and being so authentic and uh, genuine in that. And uh, you know, think about like two meters, that's like up there. Like, seriously, you know, that's pretty impressive. So we're looking at this series at the moment, uh, At the Table. And last week, we looked at the fact that everyone is welcome at God's table. And you can see back here, we've got a bit of a table to represent, uh, you know, just as an image of what it looks like uh, for God's uh, table, just something to keep our minds active in that. And we looked last week at the fact that everyone is welcome at God's table. And today, uh, we're going to explore this idea that we all have a seat at God's table. We all have a seat that we can, uh, we have an opportunity to participate uh, in the kingdom of God. Now, when I was young, Michelle and I were just starting to uh, date. I really wanted to impress her. 
I was young. I didn't really have a lot going for me, just a smile and a bit of enthusiasm, really. And I thought, well, you know what I'll do? I'll cook her a meal. I want to cook her a meal. But you know, my big problem is that I was so well kept at home, I didn't have the skills to be able to impress her with a meal. So I went to my sisters, and I went to my two sisters, and I said, can you help me out? I really want to impress Michelle, but I don't have much in the skill set department. Can you please, you know, just walk me through it? So my two sisters were so, you know, such a blessing to me. What they did was they wrote down the instructions of this nice meal, and then next level, they helped me chop up things into little containers. I know, it's just like primary school, right? And, and they put it into little containers and said, this, you need to do this here, do this here, do that. And they just set it out so clear and simple that it was like fail-proof. I, I just could not mess this thing up. Now, by the grace of God, my very limited skill set combined with my sister's uh, help and, you know, on a very large level, I worked my way through this so that Michelle and I could sit around the table, have a meal, and somehow I pulled it off. Still not 100% sure, and don't worry, I've learned a lot since then. But it's very interesting. Sometimes we can come to God's table and we can think, well, you know, I'm a bit like you, Mark. I don't really have much in the skill set department. I lack a fair bit of experience. I'm not really sure what I bring, you know, when it comes to God's table. Or it might be that you're sitting here with us online and you think, you know, Actually, you know, I've been following Jesus for some time. I've learned a little bit along the way. I've got a few battle scars and bruises and some stories to tell. And there's some things that you bring to the table that would be of a benefit to others, much like my sisters in this little story. But what we need to know right from the beginning of our chat today is that we all have a seat at the table. Everyone has a seat at the table. And what we bring and how we come to the table actually really matters. We've all got a seat at God's table. And Jesus performs this miracle in Luke 9, familiar to many of us, the feeding of the 5,000 that I want us to explore now. So if you've got your Bibles, let's open up to Luke 9, and we'll pick it up from verse 12. And Jesus has just um, sent his disciples out on mission. They've just returned from that experience. They're really pumped up and sharing about this. And then what they do um, is they're sharing to Jesus, and then Jesus has um, compassion on the people that are with him, He welcomes the crowds. He teaches them and heals those that need healing. And it says this um, from verse 12. It says, Late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him and said, Send the crowd away so they can go to surrounding villages and countrysides to find food and lodging, because we are in a remote place here. And Jesus replied, he says, You give them something to eat. He's probably thinking, you know, you've just been out on mission. You just know, you know what's going on. You know how to kind of get involved here. And he says, you, you sort it out. You give them something to eat. And they answered, well, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all of this crowd. And there was about 5,000 men there. But he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven. He gave thanks, and he broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute them, and they all ate and were satisfied. The disciples picked up the 12 baskets of broken pieces that were left over. Just interesting to note that this miracle, the feeding of the 5,000, is the only miracle that's actually documented in all four Gospels. And it's a really beautiful miracle when we think about Jesus being at the table with food, meeting the needs of the people. Daryl Box says that the miracle is a rich, has a rich tapestry of fundamental themes that weave through Jesus' ministry. These themes are compassion, control over creation, and the ability to make provisions 
for life. We see this time and time again. Jesus showing this compassion and this care, uh, this um, involvement uh, with uh, people and making provisions uh, for life. See, what's interesting with this miracle here is that Jesus partners with his disciples. He doesn't have to do this, does he? He doesn't really have to partner at all with the disciples. He could just make it happen. But he's actually in this teaching and this training and he's wanting to partner more and more with them and signpost what the future will be like without him. So he partners with them in this way and they kind of lead out uh, to him and their instinct is to send people away. But Jesus says, no, no, step towards them. You give them something to eat. And in their hands is only a small uh, amount of bread and a couple of fish, five loaves, two fish, it's not going to go far for 5,000 men, right? Not including, you know, the women, the kids, the hungry teenagers. You know, this is not really going to go far. We can see that pretty quickly. And actually, in John's account, in John 6, uh, what we actually learn is that the disciples really didn't have that at all. They received the five loaves and the two fish from a little boy. So it's the little boy. They've kind of scratched around and they've found these five loaves and these two fish from this little boy. And that's actually where the foods come from. They sit on the grass, they get put into groups, and then they kind of have this old-fashioned first-century picnic. Food just keeps coming out, just keeps rolling out until everyone is satisfied. Because Jesus takes what they have, he blesses it, and he multiplies it so much that there's leftovers for the next day. Who loves leftovers? Like, how good are leftovers? When you just have that amazing meal and you think, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to be able to have some leftovers later. And then your kids get a bit older and they start eating more and you don't get as much leftovers. And you're thinking, oh man, what's going on? I'm going to have to have a little bit more going on there because the leftovers don't come as thick and fast. But anyways, um, verse 17 states that they're all satisfied. They're all content. They're all fulfilled. They're all pleased. But I want us just to focus in just for a moment on this little boy. I wonder what you think he looks like. I wonder uh, how you picture this little boy that has these five loaves and these two fish because I think this epitomises the fact that we all have a seat at the table. This little boy has a seat at the table. Jesus chose to use him. And this little boy, he could have thought, I'm too young. I don't have enough food to help. I actually need to keep this food for myself. It's for my family. You don't know my parents. I can't give it to you. I'm going to get myself in trouble. But Jesus chooses to use this little boy. And I wonder sometimes that we can think like this as well. When we think about this idea of coming to the table, that you're welcome at the table, that we have a seat at the table, sometimes we can have these same thoughts. I don't have anything to bring. I'm too young. I'm not a leader. Or maybe in these COVID times, you've got a narrative running through your head, which is, I've got to look after myself. I've got to look after myself. I can't be serving and caring for someone else. Interesting, maybe some of that narrative and some of that thinking that we have around when it comes to having our seat at the table. But this is what we need to know. We need to know we all have a seat at the table. See, it would have been a different type of miracle if the boy didn't have the food. But Jesus still would have cared for the people that he showed compassion and loved because that's who he was. That's how he operated and I wonder today, how can you take your seat at the table? What is it that God may be stirring in your life? Because this boy came forward, he brought what was in his hands, and then Jesus did the rest. That's what he did. He brought what was in his hands. He didn't try and manufacture it. 
He didn't try and gloss it up. He didn't try and control the situation. He literally brought what was in his hands. And this is the encouragement when it comes to coming to God's table. It is this, that we bring what we have. We bring what we have and we let God do what only God can do. So when it comes to taking our seat at the table, we really need to know that we simply come with what's in our hands. What's in your hands? What is it that God has already given you? And you might think it's insignificant, but it plays such a special, important role in the kingdom of God. Maybe God's blessed you with a sense of compassion for others. Maybe he's blessed you with an intuition to know when someone else is in need. Maybe he's blessed you with the resources to be able to serve and care and provide for others. Maybe he's blessed you with a gift to pray for people and he keeps popping people's names into your head and you just keep praying for them. Maybe he's blessed you with, in your hands, the ability to share your story like Nicola McDermott did last night on TV in such a beautiful and articulate way that will reach many people. What is it that he's put in your hands? It's an important thing for us to wrestle with. When I was just in my 20s, just um, again young, uh, God um, put a, a dream in my heart and a few other youth leaders in the area to pull together an ecumenical worship event where we'd worship together and we'd do leadership development. We were only young ourselves. We didn't really even know how to pull this off. And we got together. There's probably about a dozen of us from different churches and we had some meetings, uh, not around a table in my parents' front lounge room. And we just got together and pretty much what we brought to the table was enthusiasm, a passion, a passion to see uh, people worship and people be trained up. Uh, we brought a whole heap of inexperience, a lot of naivety about how to pull something like that off, but a desire to use what God had given us to actually bless others. And by God's grace, it was something that uh, was quite pivotal for a number of people in their worship of Jesus or their leadership development. And simply, we just need to know that we bring what's in our hands what God has already blessed us with. And let me ask you and maybe push this a little bit further. Do you know what seat around the table God has given you? What contribution he desires for you to have? You know, sometimes when we go to a wedding or a special event uh, and you rock up and you've got to look for your name, you know, you look for your name, you're like, which, which table am I on? Who am I next to? How's this going to work? I wonder if I ask that in terms of the kingdom of God and your contribution into what God is asking of you in his kingdom. Do you know what seat you have at God's table? Because when we had Heart for the House this year, I was uh, talking about some of the things that we're going to be pushing into into the future. I spoke about Clovey Online becoming a thriving campus of our church and the fact that as a church, we were going to push into church planning and seeing more faith communities birth because more people need to know about Jesus. I spoke about the idea of leadership development and the importance of training and equipping leaders across a number of different sectors of our society and how important that is for us here at Clovey, but also beyond. And, and I wonder, you know, has God been stirring you in that? What, what's your seat at the table when it comes to being involved and pursuing the things that God's placed on our heart here at Clovey? Now, what has he maybe put in your hands? That's in your hands, that's not in other people's hands. That you can actually say, yeah, I'm going to step forward into what he has for me. I love that this miracle of feeding the 5,000 comes right on the heels of Jesus sending out the 12 
on mission. If we go back to the start of Luke 9, it says this. It says, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he told them this. He said, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. And if people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming good news and healing people everywhere. So Jesus, he pulls his crew together, his disciples that he's been doing life with. And, and he says, now it's time to actually go out. You know, now it's actually time to, to in, in our language, we'd say, reach beyond. It's time to go. And he pulls them together. He gives them power to heal and power to preach the word. Really important. The power to um, perform um, acts of service and, and, and to be involved in the miraculous and to preach uh, the gospel, to talk uh, about Jesus. He says, travel light. Stay with people who welcome you. And if they don't, that's okay. But don't give them time. Keep moving on. And in many ways, this was a mission of trusting God. Not by taking anything with them, but trusting God and trusting God with the opportunities that he would present before them. And it's important for us to know when it comes to God's table, that at God's table, the seat is already prepared. The seat that God has for you, for me, for us, he's already prepared that seat for you. Our role in this is to trust him. Our role is to trust him and to say, you know what, I bring what's in my hands, I bring it before you, but I trust you that you've prepared the seat and you know the way forward. And that is so crucial in terms of our fellowship and our discipleship with Jesus. And then Jesus emphasizes preaching the word and performing deeds of compassionate service. That's really bringing the kingdom. And Daryl Bott goes on to say, he says, the key to the disciples' activity was the combination of compassion and the message. And what this passage is essentially teaching us is that when we trust God and what we bring, in, bring, bring to the table with what's in our hands, as we participate in the kingdom, that will be reflected in deeds of compassionate service and in preaching and sharing the word. So involved in caring for others and involved in sharing about him. And that's really important. That's a bit of a framework for us to understand what it actually means to take up your seat at the table and the things that we participate in. And this essentially is the story of the disciples here in the feeding of the 5,000 and their witness in being sent out on mission. They trusted God, they partnered with him, and they looked to live in such a way that served the other. They played a role in the 5,000 being fed and satisfied, and they participated in preaching the word and performing deeds of service, healing, and compassion. And you read in Luke 9, they loved it. They came back and they loved it. And Darrell Bott goes on to say this. He says, evangelism requires engagement. It often requires serving people as well as preaching to them. Telling unbelievers God cares for them should be reinforced by evidence of such caring. So as we participate and take up our seat at the table, that will be evidenced by us doing two things, care and compassion, acts of service, and preaching and sharing about Jesus. They go hand in hand. And essentially, that's the heartbeat of many of the ministries that we uh, participate here in at Clovey. 
when you kind of strip it all back and you get to the core of why they exist, was how do we care and love people and how do we share Jesus? You know, we don't do things to be busy or we don't do things for, you know, because we're bored, you know. We actually, that's the lens of what it means to take up your seat and to participate in the kingdom. So it's probably a good opportunity for us to just to consider what we give our attention to in life. You know, whether we're at school, at work, whether we're retired, whether we're thinking about our street or our family. And how do we take up our seat at the table? By caring, compassionate service and sharing our faith. Deeds and words. And how does this come together? There's a number of different ministries that uh, are involved in that here at Clovey. Uh, just a couple, you know, that I can talk about just today in the time that we have together is the first one is Coach. Coach is just such a, a wonderful opportunity for us as a church where we walk alongside young people and families that are doing life tough. Those in our local area who are on the margins, disadvantaged, haven't got the same opportunities as many of us do here. And being a coach essentially is being a friend with purpose. And what you do is for one hour a week, you get to hang out with someone whose life isn't maybe you know, uh, quite as organized as yours in, in, in many ways and they need some help. And you get an opportunity to love them, to care for them, and over time through relationship, share your story and share your faith. And we've seen that. You know, we've got a number of coaches here at church and even one just after a 9 a.m. service today just shared, hey, you know, even though it's been tough with lockdown, I've still been able to drop off a gift. I'm like, great, well done. You know, that's what it means to take up your seat at the table. And it might be that you've got an hour a week where you can walk alongside a young person and a family in our community that's doing life tough. And if that's true, many of us do, then I encourage you to speak to Pastor Ann or to Bev Poppleton after the service today and just have a chat and see what that might look like. And the second is across the road at Pathway Community Centre. In many ways, the heartbeat of our church epitomises what it means to show compassionate service to those in the community. At Pathway, we are committed to unconditional love. If anyone comes and asks, the answer is yes. Because we want to just make sure that we are loving unconditionally those that God puts in front of us. Compassionate service. And over time, through relationship sharing our faith. And we've seen a number of people from Pathway come to know Jesus, be baptised, be in discipling relationships, which is a wonderful and a beautiful thing. And during the pandemic, uh, Pathway, its its need has increased and uh, like never before. And there's opportunity for you if you'd like to serve, maybe drive the, tr- drive the van or, or be behind the counter like, um, like Anne, behind the counter at Pathway and at Treasure. She's so great. And there's opportunities for you to serve there as well, to serve and care for the more needy people in our community. And it might be that you've got time, heart, passion, desire, when you consider what does it mean for you to bring what's in your hands. Do you know what's in, maybe just what's in your hands right now is available time. You might say, I've just got some available time and I can come and do whatever you need. That's what it looks like to take your seat, to participate in the kingdom of God. Or it might be much more pointed and your skill set might be in such a way that God's got a specific role for you. But what does it look like for you to be at God's table? Because this is what I know. As we take our seat at the table, what it actually does is it shows other people 
that they're welcome at God's table. It's a beautiful thing. As we take up our seat and we participate in the things that God has for us, it actually shows others that they're welcome at God's table. And we talked about that last week. We said everyone's welcome at God's table. But how do some people know that they're welcome at God's table? Because you show them through how you take your seat. So today, let me ask you, what's in your hands? How is it that God is encouraging and challenging you today to take up your seat at the table and to participate in His ways? Let's pray together. Just encourage you to close your eyes and I want you just to picture God's table in a way that makes sense to you. Picture God's table in a way that makes sense to you. And as you do that, I want you to look for your place card. At God's table, I want you to find your name. Find your name. Find your place card. Just take in the environment. Where are you sitting? Who's around you? Why? Just for a moment, try and make sense of your context. Might be that you're here at the church. Might be that you're at Pathway. Might be that you're at your workplace. You could be in your street, in your family room. Just try and make sense with the Lord around why you're in that place. What's He saying to you about that? And what role do you have at God's table? What's in your hands? I want you to pick up your place card now. Pick up your place card, which has your name on it. And I want you to turn it over where it's blank. Turn it over where it's blank and ask the Holy Spirit to write down what your role is at the table. What's your role at the table? Ask the Holy Spirit now to write it down. Is it prayer for others? Is it coach, worship ministry, pathway, mission, marketplace leadership? the poor and the marginalised. What is it? What's your seat at the table? Let the Holy Spirit speak that word in and over you right now. Receive that word from Him today. Be brave enough to engage with why He has written that on your card. Ask the Lord to make it more tangible and real for you in how you live your life and the decisions that you make and where you spend your money and your time. Just keep engaging with Him now.
as I was preparing for today and praying for us as a church community, I really sensed the Lord say that He wants to encourage us to step towards Him, not to step away from Him, but to step towards Him. And we're living in some crazy times, but the Lord wants to keep working on our discipleship and our fellowship of Him. He's got things for us that we don't know or maybe understand, but now's the time to step towards Him and not away from Him. Paul said to Timothy that we don't have a spirit that makes us timid or fearful, but we actually have a spirit of love, power and self-discipline. And today Jesus would say, don't step away from me in these times, step towards me. Step towards me and learn what I'm doing in and through this situation. as we take our seat at the table. So Lord, I pray for my sisters and my brothers. I pray, Lord, that you'll continue to shape us from the inside out. Let us take our seat at the table. Let's bring what's in our hands. Let's trust you with everything that we have. Knowing, Lord, that you have the best for us. Thank you and we bless you, Lord. Just as we're in this attitude of reflection,